assurance as we went into that surgery and was so thankful that not only do we worship the great, the great physician, we worship the great redeemer and how thankful we are for that salvation that we have in Christ. It was very helpful, very helpful, that college football season started the last weekend as, as I was laid up and I got to watch a whole lot of games and uh, that, that really helped. And really it helped in preparation for today's message. Because this morning I want us to talk about running to win. We're going to be looking at many of the sports metaphors that the Apostle Paul uses as he talks about um, the necessity of us as, as believers in Christ, as those who have been redeemed, washed by the precious blood, uh, to, to run the race that has been set before us. Uh, the, the sporting craze is nothing new, let me tell you. And it is crazy, by the way. Uh, but the sporting craze is nothing new. Uh, the, the games of competition have been going on for thousands of years. Um, and Paul, uh, he, he reflects on those. Paul uses those as an opportunity to share with us the, the, the benefits of applying some of those, those metaphors to our Christian journey and how God expects us to view the race that we are in. Uh, and and there is a prize that we should all be striving to gain. There is a there is a reward. And folks, I'm not talking about the hundred million dollar contracts that they give some of these sports figures. I'm talking about something that's so much more valuable than anything that man could could offer. And that is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me this morning in the book. To Hebrews chapter 12. Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. The word patience there is perseverance. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The writer of Hebrews tells us, that we are to run the race that's set before us. How do we run that race? That Christian race, that Christian journey, uh, we run it with faithfulness, we run it with determination, we run it with commitment. All of those are issues that every football player, every basketball player, every baseball player, every, any athlete uh, has, has had to come to terms with. Those are important factors as we run this race realizing it's not a sprint I mean it's not a sprint it's a marathon and God calls us to be faithful in this journey God calls us to be determined in this journey and there needs to be a commitment from each and every one of us realizing the seriousness of the calling of God on our lives and the the 
those things that God would have us to do as we serve Him faithfully all the days of our lives. Let us run the race that is set before us. The Christian experience is a race with a goal. It's a prize to gain. It's the re- there's a reward to achieve. And we're not talking about salvation as we talk about those, those things. Salvation, as Howard mentioned uh, in the offertory, uh, salvation is a gift. It's a gift from God. You can't work for it. You can't run for it. You can't try to earn it, as we've talked about nearly every Sunday, and we're going to keep talking about that. That salvation is, is a gift to God. Eternal life is a gift from God. And so we're not talking about uh, salvation when we talk about running this race and the prize that there is to gain. Uh, the prize is not salvation. Our salvation is by God's grace, and that has to do with our position in Christ. We are in Christ, sealed into the day of redemption. The, but the Christian, uh, but our, our salvation, uh, we need to view that as, as just the starting blocks. What this is talking about is not our position in Christ, but our condition in Christ. If I was going to try to label that, I would, I would label, uh, label it our condition in Christ. We have our position. We are secure. We're in Christ. We're sealed into the day of uh, redemption. Eternally, eternal secure uh, in, in Christ. But here is that condition that we have in Christ, which calls us to get serious about our walk, about our run, about our race, realizing uh, in Ephesians 6, um, 14, I think it is, that Paul uses another sports metaphor um, or, and Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Not only is there a race to be run, and there's a fight to be fought, but we need to understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There is a battle that we have an enemy, and we are up against him. Philippians 3, verse 14, Paul is talking about the fact that he presses toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That word press uh, is an important word in understanding the scripture. We've all seen track, uh, seen the Olympics, and we've seen the 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 hundred yard dash or we've seen uh, we've seen where the they're they're running and and they'll come right down to the to the wire uh, and they're they're stretching and they're they're pressing to to uh, to meet that goal uh, paul says he presses toward the mark or the goal the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I believe that high calling is, our, is, is the, 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 our position that we have in Christ for that high calling, that calling on high that we have that, that one day we'll experience as, as we are raptured up, as we're caught up to meet the Lord uh, in the air. What's interesting about that word press that Paul uses here is he's trying to... Uh, uh, as the Holy Spirit moves on him to write this to the church in Philippi, that yes, it is, is a race, and that he's pressing toward that mark, toward that goal, that it's taking effort, there is a cause to be won. And the word press there is dioko, uh, and it is the exact same word that Paul uses in, in, the, in verse 6 there in, in Philippians 3 that means that, that's persecuted. 
that he says, I persecuted the church. It's the exact same word. I pressed the church. He pushed the church. Uh, he prosecuted, uh, persecuted the church of God. It kind of gives you the idea of the strain of that fervent effort, that intensity that, that Paul was undertaking in order to get the gospel to that church, to, in order to get the, the word of God out. It's the same word as, as persecute in verse 6. Um, I think what God's word is telling us here, and, and, and I wish that the Christians would understand that God's calling on our lives is to pursue holiness, to pursue holiness uh, the way we used to pursue sinfulness. Does that make sense? That's why, that, as we're in this Christian race, and it should be our heart's desire, now that we know that we have been redeemed, we've been washed in the blood of Christ, that eternal life is ours, we're children of God, we're a child of God, we're joint heirs with Christ, that there needs to be an effort or responsibility that we put into our walk, into this Christian life that, that we, we have... Uh, we now know the Lord Jesus, and there should be an effort on our part to serve Him faithfully and should pursue what he, that path that He's put us on, knowing that at the end, uh, the, 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 the battle has already been won. The, the, it's already been determined where I'm going to spend eternity. It's already been determined, if you know the Lord Jesus today, where you're going to spend eternity. But the exciting thing about it is between now and when we get to that point in our lives, whether it be by death or by the rapture, we get to serve God. But there's a responsibility that we have in order to live for Him, to let our lives count for Him, to put Him first, and to have that mindset, to have that attitude as an athlete that is this putting everything he can, we're going to look at that scripture in a second, everything he or she can in striving for that, for that win and pressing toward that mark. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to look at this if my voice holds out. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Start with verse 23, Tim. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize? So run that you might uh, may obtain. And every man that strives for the mastery is temperament and temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible, corruptible crown, but we are, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beats the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. We need to understand that the that our salvation, our redemption, is just the starting blocks. That we, are, we have a race to run, a fight that needs to be fought. Uh, and there is a prize at the end, and our desire should be to obtain that, that prize. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 
And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, when he's talking about the fact that he's ready to be offered up, that he has fought the good fight. He says, for, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Verse 7, 10, Tim. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Verse 8 then says that there is laid up for henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness folks that is the thing that we should so desire to obtain that there is that crown of righteousness not for our own glory not for people are going to see us having that placed on our heads but for God's glory God is going to present us with that crown of righteousness and that's just not going to give him but all those who love his appearing that's that that's that prize that's that thing that we desire as we spend eternity being trophies of God's grace so in the ages to come we might show the exceeding riches of his grace every one of us we desire to be part of that throng we desire to be part of that gathering of that meeting as we're all receiving that crown of righteousness not because we can slap each other on the back and high five one another and say hey we got her done is that what's going to happen but because we love God we appreciate what he's done to save a sinner such as me and such a sinner as you by his grace has given us that eternal life. And when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all get to heaven, when we realize that crown of righteousness that he is presenting to all who believe in him. That the Christian walk, our salvation, is, is just the starting point of that race that we are to run. A couple of points about that scripture. Number one, we're all to compete. We're all to compete in this race. That's what God's word tells us. Know you not that they which run in a race run all? This morning, do you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior? This morning, have you believed in him? Have you placed your faith and trust in him? If you've done that, if the gift of eternal life has been accepted by you, then you're in a race, and God's word, that's another imperative, you're to run. You're to run that race. We're all to run it, we, and we're not in competition with one another. It's not something that we're in competition. We need to encourage one another in our race. We need to encourage one another to run with faithfulness. We need to encourage one another when, when, when they're stumbling and you come against those obstacles. And that's the other thing we know is that we have an enemy and it's not each another. We have an enemy and who places the hurdle, who places the obstacles, who places the difficulty in front of us. One of the main obstacles that we get placed in front of us is false doctrine. How many different churches, you know, they, you go to a church and there's false doctrine, there's false teaching. They don't understand, they don't even understand what salvation is all about. And that eternal security that we have in Christ, that victory that's ours in Christ. The legalism that's involved in so many churches that causes us to, to stumble and to falter and fall. And, and so many people say, oh, I'm going to give up on that race. I can't do it anyway. You're absolutely right. You can't. You can't. But he who's begun his work in you will do it. 
He will do it. And that's the exciting thing to know, is that we're running this race. That the Lord Jesus, He is our strength. Our victory is not in Him. Our victory is not in our ability, but it is in His ability. And so we run that race. And we run it to help one another. You know, one of my favorite commercials, if you've ever seen the commercial, the Special Olympics commercial, where all the, all the kids are lined up and they're running the race and the, the starter fires the gun and all these kids start running and, and Special Olympics and, and they're running and one stumbles and falls and all the rest of them kind of run past him and then they stop and they turn around and they all run back and they help him up. What They got it. They get it. You pick him up and then they come and they cross the finish line together rejoicing over what has taken place in their lives. Folks, that needs to be our mindset as we run this race for the Lord Jesus Christ. Helping one another finish their course and we're to run with joy. Now, I have never, ever enjoyed running. If you see me running, you better turn around and run with me. Because something's after us. Okay? If you catch me running, see, when I grew up, when I played football, and I, running was always for punishment. Give me another lap, Owsley. Or wind sprints. Oh, I hated those. They kept saying, this is for your own good. <sighs> oh, yeah? But I hate running. Except when it comes to what God's called us to run towards. What God's called us to persevere towards in order to serve Him. In order to lay hold of that prize. And it takes commitment. It takes determination. It takes a desire to serve God. Verse 25 says that every man that strives, the word strives there has to do with the idea of agonizing. You know, being an athlete doesn't come easy. Watching some of these football games, and Auburn won yesterday again, by the way, so that's good. But these athletes, in order to get in the shape they're in, in order to get into the position they're in, uh, they have trained all of their lives, those muscles, that agility, that flexibility. That's not natural. They didn't come that way without paying a high price for that ability. There's hours of agonizing training and dedication to that sport. Same with us in our Christian walk. Studying to show ourselves approved unto God. Praying without ceasing. Witnessing, knowing that there are those that, that are lost and dying and going to hell. And that as we share the gospel of, of Christ, that that, that 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 is the power of God into salvation. That God uses his, the gospel. God uses it as we share for people to hear. And faith comes by hearing how important it is for us to share. So those can hear that they will hear the gospel and they will respond as the Holy Spirit moves on their hearts. It's what's expected of us. There are three primary uh, uh, disciplines in an athlete's life that I think needs to be applied here. There's, there's the aspect uh, of, of constant 
training, a painstaking training. I remember growing up, you'd hear no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. I just wished it was that way uh, in eating, but it didn't work that way. There's just gain. But constant painstaking training. There was a jockey that I heard about or read about. It's been so many years ago now. But he was one of the leading jockeys. And he loved peanuts. Loved peanuts. And he would allow himself one peanut a day. He loved peanuts, but he had to keep his weight down. So he would allow himself one peanut, and he would, he would take that one peanut out, and he would put it on a napkin, and he'd take a sharp knife, and he would cut that one peanut up, and then he would spend time over that one peanut. So he'd keep his weight down. That's sacrifice. I, you know, I... One handful, okay, I understand one handful, but one peanut? That's sacrifice. That's commitment. And, and one of the things that I'm not sure I approve of, and, but nobody's ever asked me, so I, uh, I'll give you my opinion, but that's high school wrestling. And I'm, I'm all for high school wrestling, but some of these guys, they have to starve themselves in order to get down to the weight that the coach wants them to wrestle. And I, and I look at these guys, and, you know, they're going in, they're healthy, and they're all buffed, and, and they're you know, big strong. And by the time seasons, or actually about the middle of the way through season, as they're trying to work to get into that weight class, they're emaciated. And yet you think, how can this be good? And they have to drop weight so, so quickly. But they're willing to do it for a cause. They're willing to do it because they're athletes, and it's what's called, that's what they're called upon to do. There's determination, and there's that constant training, self-control. That's what God's Word says here. They're temperate in all things. There's that self-control in their diet and their lifestyle in doing what needs to be done in order to win. And then there's that attitude, that attitude, that assurance that, hey, we can do this. And so every athlete enters into that contest, and, and, and we're, we're to have that same mindset. We're to have that same attitude of, of being victorious because we've already won. We need to have that same mindset of self-control. Uh, we need to have that same mindset of constant training and trusting God through it all, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Um, let's look at the last verse there. Um, I therefore so run not, uh, verse 26, I therefore so run not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beats the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul's not talking about losing his salvation. He's not talking about after he's run this race and he's run it faithfully and he's run it based on all of these points. 
and all the things that he said here that God's going to go, nope, it wasn't good enough, you're, you're out of here. That's not what Paul's talking about here. What Paul is talking about here is that, number one, he didn't fight with uncertainty. He knows, he, uh, he, he runs not with uncertainty, uh, and he, he doesn't fight with uncertainty. He just doesn't beat the air. He's not like a shadow boxer. He knows who his enemy is. He knows what God's called him to do. So he's boxing with, with certainty, knowing what, what it is that God's called him to do. But he says here, it, it's so interesting, he keeps under, but I keep under my body and I bring it under subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Folks, I can't tell you how important that aspect of it is. He started out talking about he's doing it for the gospel's sake, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but how important it is that he share the gospel. And he says he does all that. He keeps it under control. He lives a life that's pleasing to God. He lives a life that's glorifying to God. So that after he's run this race, that he's, he's not his words, what he speaks, what he teaches, the, what he lives is not rejected by those that he's sharing the truth with. He was saying the worst thing in the world is for me to run this race and to preach this and, but, but live a life that's not going to be exemplary of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I don't want to live that life and get to that point where I'm sharing it with others and go, you don't know what you're talking about. And so they reject that message. That is what the Apostle Paul is talking about there. Folks, we are all heralded. We are all called to run that race and to run it faithfully, to run it with determination, to run it with a commitment that we're victorious and with an attitude that, that God is on our side and that he is, going to, he is going to bless us. He is going to use us for his purpose, for his cause all the days of our life. Let me encourage you to live that life. Romans chapter 8, if you think it's not worth it, let me tell you. Romans chapter 8, and, and there is a cost, not for your salvation, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad this morning there's not a cost for your salvation? Well, there was, but you don't pay it. It was paid at Calvary. There was a cost. There was a work involved. It's just not yours. It goes back to Calvary. But living the Christian life, I can tell you right now, you're not going to get invited to all the best parties, or the worst parties, I'm not sure, you're not going to, have, you're going to lose some friends. You're going to be rejected by the world, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Hey, let me tell you something. If you desire to be embraced by the world and hugged on by the world and loved by the world, then we need to talk about your salvation. We need to talk about your relationship with the Lord Jesus. It's one thing to want to minister to them. And, and, and let me encourage you to do that. But Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And we'll, we'll close it this morning with this. Romans 8, 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory of which shall be revealed in us. 
revealed in us the church, the body of Christ. Let me tell you something. This race that we're called to run, this life that we're called to lead, this battle that we're called to fight, is worth it. It may not be worth it to some people right now. There may be struggles, there may be failures, there may be obstacles, there may be difficulties going on in your life, and there may be times, and I know there have been times in your life when you say, just forget about it, because there have been those times in my life. Forget this. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. This race that God's called you to run with faithfulness and determination, the sufferings of this present world can't compare It can't begin to compare to what God has planned for each and every one of us. As we obtain that crown of righteousness, as we recognize and realize that gift of eternal life that's ours to all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, every knee is going to bow, right? Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory to the glory of the Father. You can say, I'm going to live my life and I'm just going to avoid that and it's going to happen to everybody but me. That's not true. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess, Jesus, you are Lord. I have an idea. Do that as you are saying, Jesus, you're Lord and, and my Savior. And by faith I believe that you died on Calvary's cross for me and you were buried and you rose again for me, and by faith I believe, and the moment you do that, the Holy Spirit takes you and places you into the body of Christ, and you become in Christ, and you become that new creation the moment you believe. You can't buy it, you can't earn it, you can't pay for it. It's a free gift that God offers. Or, You can go, nah, I'm going to take my chances. You'll be sorry. You'll be sorry. You will regret rejecting God's love and the grace, the salvation that he offers. So this morning, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, let me encourage you by faith to believe that he personally, personally died for you. He loves you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, and I earnestly, earnestly pray that if there's anyone here today that's never believed, Father, may the Holy Spirit this very moment speak to their heart, convict them of their sin. But Father, convict them most of all of their need for you, that you came into the world to save sinners. Father, we rejoice at that truth, and by faith we accept it, Father, I pray that it'll become a personal relationship with you. Father, may the truth that every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. Father, may that truth run deep into our hearts and to our very being that we understand the necessity of trusting you as Savior. And then, Father, may we just I'm overjoyed at the thought of running the race for you, no longer running this, no longer being a rat race for ourselves, 
that race that's been set before us by you. Father, as you conform us to the image of your Son, oh, how we rejoice in that truth. And Father, we just pray your blessings on each and every person here as we walk out these doors. Father, as we leave this morning, may we ever be mindful of your calling on our lives to be ministers of that word of reconciliation. Father, may it be with joy that we share it with others. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your plan of salvation. And we thank you for these things in that name that's above all other names. And that name that's Jesus, Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all we pray. Amen.